This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Robert Fekas at Nerdster330 on Instagram. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is recurring co-host Robert Fekas. How's Hello, it going? Good. 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 Uh, I we haven't been talking for the last oh thirty six minutes. That's not bad. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just recorded a very a very fun uh, Patreon exclusive recording uh, where Fekas uh, talked about how much he enjoyed going to Italy, and I live vicariously through all of his stories. Yeah, I'll yeah. have it. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, also, it just I won't go into any more detail, but. If you pledge on Patreon and listen to that to that recording, you might learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> you might, um, or you might learn how uh, my wife reacts to yes. me teaching people how to ride yes. bikes. You might, you might learn those two things, or you might learn how not to ride a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was fun, and uh, glad you had a good trip and everything. Uh, I, I held down Indianapolis for you. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well done. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, today we have a pretty, pretty exciting episode. We are going to be reviewing it chapter two, which if you also listen to Tower Junkies, you will know that there is an episode reviewing it chapter two on that podcast as well. Uh, those are different episodes. So me and Tiny recorded a review of it chapter two on Tower Junkies, where we kind of go into the weeds a little bit about the book and the differences between the book and the adaptation. Uh, since Fekus, since you have not read it, um, it's, uh, we're going to be reviewing it kind of from that, um, perspective perspective and so yeah so i'm looking forward to that i do have some news and stuff that i want to bring up um at the end of the patreon exclusive we talked a little bit about the footage from the new star wars movie right right um i don't know if we've talked we ha- since the we disney ha- plus stuff we had a short uh back and forth on facebook oh yeah uh when, oh, when yeah. that trailer hit i was super uh unimpressed i think what 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 was my thing oh i think you're you're griping about yeah. uh her uh staff lightsaber yeah. and i i kind of defended it because you know yeah. she's they've uh kind of started her first weapon was mm. a bow staff so yeah i think i feel like it's only a natural progression that she would find herself fam- with a familiar weapon yeah and i i admit i was totally reaching there because my my whole argument was that like okay well that's cool like it is it is just objectively speaking in the in the footage we saw it looks cool and i'm excited for that because uh as much as I, you know, am not a fan of Star Wars, like, it's undeniable that the, that Maul's lightsaber in, in The Phantom Menace is, like, one of the coolest things. Oh, yeah. The, you know, people um, geeked out on that. Yeah. It's huge when they first oh, saw yeah. it. And to see something similar, but also different is, uh, is, is really kind of exciting. But, uh, my whole thing was like, okay, well, 
I I took a negative uh, perspective on it. Um, Weird shocker. Yeah. Um, because just I I feel like part of it is that I can't, I don't I'm not I'm just I just don't get excited for Star Wars because I'm just not a fan. Like I've made my peace with that. Um, but also it's just like okay, like the things that like is is exciting i like in the back of my head it's like okay well it's not like this was planned from the first movie because they like it's very clear like they did not have the three movies mapped out like each director has like their own say in it and like that's cool for the filmmakers but i just feel like going into the rise of skywalker i feel like you guys just put too much emphasis on the fact that it hasn't been planned Mm -hmm. the original trilogy wasn't planned that's like the reason they put han solo and carbonite at the end of the second one is because they didn't know whether or not harrison ford would even be back see i didn't i didn't know that that's interesting yeah so there has been movies of series made Mm. not on a blueprint and that's fine and i it doesn't have to be mapped out specifically from the get-go. And, I, and I, I definitely understand that point. And I'm trying my hardest not to be a snarky douchebag. But I will say that I, I agree that that is a true statement that like it, like not all franchises need to be mapped out in anything or anything. And yes, the original trilogy was kind of, uh, movie by movie kind of as they came. But, I feel like now in the 20 teens, um, we're in an era where like, we know like, like it's the new golden age of television where things get mapped out, uh, lost, notwithstanding, but like things like breaking bad, like, like, like there are, it's serialized storytelling, like on TV and like Netflix has everything all posting at once. It's like but the MCU's not mapped out. <sighs> that's true. But also I kind of feel like, uh, Kevin Feige had like they—they've had more they they had say. vague things of what they wanted to do, but mm-hmm. if you're gonna sit here and tell me that they knew from Iron Man one how Avengers two was gonna end, I'm gonna tell you you're wrong. That's right. I agree, but they do map out phases and everything, which to me is okay. But that—that's still like they're in the middle of phase two before they even realize we're gonna fucking get spider-man like you gotta let go of not everything being a blueprint because just because breaking bad or whatever was blueprinted to a a meticulous uh amount it doesn't mean everything has to be yeah but i in in maybe i'm just and you know what was planned out to a meticulous amount episodes one two and three oh yeah that's well that's it (sighs) Sure, but that's also uh, that's also different because that's George Lucas. Like my understanding, it's in surrounding himself with yes men and not like it wasn't like a I'm just saying. Kind of thing. Just because yeah, just because something's planned out meticulously doesn't mean it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, sometimes stories go someplace where that wasn't in, originally intended, and it does so organically. And sometimes even the writers themselves are surprised where it takes them. And that's okay. Nothing, you know, maybe something mapped out on paper doesn't work after they've seen the first movie, uh, you know, on the screen. They're like, you know what? I don't like that direction. I'm going to go this way. That's, that's fair. But. I don't know. I just, I feel like just having a troll. I know. I feel like we're at an impasse. We're not going (laughs) to. Oh, we're not going to agree. But I think my, my kind of thing is that like, there's, 
it's just looking one movie at a time, like strictly one movie at a time. And I, I most franchises are like that, though. Yeah. It's not a TV show. It's not a serialized, episodic t- television show. There, it's a movie. But and I know they call them episode one, two, and three. Right, I get yeah. that, but they are films. Yeah. I was not going to debate you on semantics yeah. with that. <laughs> that would be just douchey. Right. But they, but they are to an extent serialized story or like they're it's not like they made uh the force awakens and then they're like well if it does well we'll we'll do the next one it's like they went in saying like we're gonna have a movie a year but they they went in knowing that they wanted to make another trilogy Mm -hmm. and they are ryan johnson is going to write another trilogy and And that's why i'm excited and i'm gonna tell you right now it's not mapped out i i I want to believe that it is. It's that not in DB Weiss and Benioff's uh, stuff. I I I don't know. That's one of the reasons why I'm I'm you know kind of excited about the Mandalorian just because oh, I'm super excited about the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, Let, let's let's stop let, let's stop the uh, debate here and just talk about the Mandalorian right. trailer because um, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> We've talked to, it to death. Um, but the Mandalorian trailer. Um, <clears throat> I was, I mean, it, it looks stunning. Like it looks beautiful and I'm, I'm as excited as I can be for it. Um, how did you feel about that trailer? Uh, well, I've only seen it once, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I remember thinking it looked amazing. So mm-hmm. I, I have kind of kept myself away from the news yeah. on the Mandalorian. Just, I, I want to be surprised with it. Yeah. And so I don't, have a whole lot of idea of what's supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. I know when the timeline is yeah. and the when general concept, but so it's after episode three. And I guess one of the things that they're going to be showing or it's after episode, I'm sorry. Uh, a- after episode six. Oh, okay. And, uh, they're going to be showing kind of, uh, how the, uh, the first order kind of comes to pass. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I'm, that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on it, and I, I watched the trailer. I saw it once, and so I'm just kind of staying away from any news sure. about it. And I mean, I feel like there isn't much news to to kind of right. Avoid it's anyway, it's so. Disney. It's they're Disney. gonna they're gonna be tight lipped. So. Yeah, but uh, visually it looks cool, and um, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. How? And I don't want to harp on this because. We all know my feelings about the whole idea of like, oh, the streaming wars or whatever. But uh, Disney Plus is coming out, and like, Jesus, that's so soon, huh? Um, like November, yeah. And then like a week or two before that, I think Apple TV Plus is coming out. It's you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, cable's dead. Yeah, I, I'm cutting my cable next week. Nice. Uh, Cassie wanted to get through the last. Uh, the season finale of Ink Masters. And, okay. and me too, because I like that show. How are you going to do like sports and stuff? Because that was one oh, of the Hulu, big points. Hulu Live. Oh, okay, nice. So with Hulu Live, uh, I'll be able to watch any regular Sunday games and the Monday night games. Okay. And Amazon Prime has contract for 11 Thursday night games. Yeah, okay. I've so, seen that on Amazon Prime. I'm probably going to play that by year, and if that doesn't work out for me, I think next year I'll just get the NFL uh, package through my PlayStation. Okay. Have you, and not to switch gears or anything, but have you seen that 
I, I haven't looked into it because it's not my interest, but uh, AMC's doing some Sunday night or Sunday football thing. No. I have seen on the app, it says like, oh, here's our Sunday, not Sunday ticket. I know that's a different thing, but like, apparently like the idea is that you can go to a movie theater and see the game on the big Oh, screen. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. For, first of all, here, here's the thing. If I'm going to go anywhere to watch a football game, I'm going to go to a bar. Yeah. Where I can have drinks at a reasonable price yeah i was just gonna say not a 16 yeah and and i did that last thursday uh Mm -hmm. you know for those who don't know they just legalized uh sports betting in indiana so so last thursday i went and laid my first uh bet down and of course i lost my first bet (laughs) nice uh so i went downtown uh put my money down and Mm -hmm. uh i didn't have any means to watch the thursday night game so I was like, Fuck, you know what? I'm just going to go to a bar. It's like, okay. you know, Cassie was at home. She had homework to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to a bar. So I went, sat in yeah. a bar by myself, had a great time sitting there watching my money go down the drain. <laughs> nice. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, in fact, I'm going to go, uh, me and Cassie are going to go mm-hmm. to the betting bar okay. and watch the game there. Nice. So I'll probably lose money again. Uh, okay. Watching that. But yeah, I was going to ask you, you did not comment on my invite to uh, did, you to see Ad Astra tomorrow. Uh, oh yeah. So that's, that's, gonna that's where I'm no. going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise I, I'm seeing it Friday. I'm, the, I'm so excited. The, the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to wake up, go to the mm-hmm. gym and go straight to Ad Astra on Friday. Nice. That's my plan. Nice. So I'm, I'm so excited for that movie. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. I'm, Maybe, uh, maybe hopefully we can maybe get a review next week with me, you, and Tiny. Could even. be possibly. Yes, we'll, we'll see. Um, but that's cool. So yeah, sports betting, that's awesome. Yep, yep. Um, where were we? Yeah, the Mandalorian and stuff. So we're talking about, yeah. uh, the streaming, the streaming wars. Look, look, it's going to be one of those things that you're going to su- subscribe mm-hmm. to, uh, which channels pretty much that you want to. I, I yeah. think that's, the natural progression of cable. So I already have Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I already have Amazon Prime. I'm going to mm-hmm. upgrade my Hulu and I'm going to get Disney Plus. Yeah. The, yeah. the only thing that, and with all these things included, and of course I'll get a, uh, an HBO subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be saving $100 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And people are saying like, oh, well, this is the new cable because you have to have all these things. And it's like, I don't have CBS All Access right now because the Twilight Zone isn't on. I don't have CBS All Access right now because the stand isn't on yet. And like I I have HBO, but I don't really need it. I could probably go ahead and cut no, that. No, I, I need HBO, especially with uh, Watchmen coming up. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but like I could cut HBO and then get it back. Sure. For that, and like it's just it's I don't know. It the, just bugs the hell. My out of one me. gripe uh, right now is that I still don't. There's nobody that streams Comedy Central. Oh yeah. Like I like yeah. I, Hulu will will still air uh South Park so I'm not going to miss mm-hmm. South Park. I would almost keep cable for South Park. Oh yeah. I I am that big of a South Park fan. Yeah. Are you excited that it just got renewed for three more seasons? I am super excited. Um, I keep feeling like these, that, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker Mm. are going to drop the ball on everyone and say, guys, we've been doing this for a long time. We're done. And I could, I I understand it if they did. (laughs) They've been doing it. Like in my, in my Mm -hmm. eyes, I think they're still knocking it out of the park. That's awesome. And how many shows have that longevity? Right. Like that's like, I I feel. People debate me on this. I think mm. Family Guys is still uh, showing strong episodes. That's just me. Yeah, I enjoy. Sure. I, people would tell me I'm stupid for that. That's fine. Yeah. I, I enjoy Family Guy, uh, but I think wholeheartedly that uh, South Park is still consistent. Nice. And part of the reason awesome. it's so consistent is because they're able to put out these episodes so quickly, so quickly, and it's so relevant to what's going on in yeah. the, the news cycle. So. Mm. 
I mean, really, that's pretty much how I get so, my news anyway. <laughs> I, I'll miss right. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll miss uh, Tosh point oh. Okay. And I'll miss the Jim Jeffries show. Okay. So I'm gonna have to. Maybe there's a way I can pirate it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we don't condone piracy. No, and I I've been um, a staunch yes. uh, uh, non-supporter of piracy, right? And so I I understand the hypocrisy yes. in me saying that. Like, if I was a supporter of piracy, like I would have hard drives filled with stuff that I haven't watched, or I would have like a folder on my laptop that has like m- the majority of Stephen King audiobooks on it. Yeah. I mean, who would do that? Who would do that? I think you've given <laughs> Stephen King enough money that oh, you yeah. shouldn't feel bad That's about that. That's the thing. I say that in jest, but I do have that. But also, uh, I have every book on Audible. I mean, for, also. Fuck's, for fuck's sake, you, you bought The Dark Tower. I did. I did. Like huh. one other person did it, and yep. he did it by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I still think about the the story of like you when you saw it in the theater, and that guy left, and was like, "I waited thirty fucking years for this." <laughs> um, God, oh that movie. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I do think that Amazon Prime has some add-on channel that has Comedy Central stuff, but I I don't think it's like Comedy Central streaming or anything. I think it's just like a collection of old comedy central things. Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't need anything old. Yeah. You know, I just I'll, I'll you know, I'll manage. Yeah. So it's it's no big deal. Yeah. I'm not going to if I have to miss Tosh.0 and right. Jim Jeffries show, okay, so be it. Yeah, and also like my big counter to people complaining about the influx of streaming services, it's like, okay, if you feel like you have to get each one, there's literally no way that you'll get your money's worth if you have all of those. Like, I don't get my money's worth, and I have, like, right. three or four. Uh, I There's no way I get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's things that I have had on my uh, queue on Netflix for mm. probably since I've had Netflix. Yeah, same here. So, you know, there's things that I, I, I tell myself I'll get around to, and maybe now that I'll cut uh, cable, I'll no mm-hmm. longer just sit there and have the white noise of fucking, I don't know, drug wars on. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, no, I'll just kind of put this on sure maybe i'll actually throw something on pay attention yeah. to it so or i'll just put family guy on repeat and sure. use it for white noise yeah but that's what i do yeah so um, it's people are gonna complain no matter what yeah uh, and i I'll, I'll i'll be honest i was one of those complainers uh with the cbs all access part two sure. at first because i was like come on it's like you're, you're gonna you're gonna put this uh because i was i wanted to see the twilight zone mm. uh and so i was like well, what why are you gonna make me pay for it? Yeah, and it, I may or may not have a hard drive. <laughs> my my contention originally was you have CBS is already a channel. Okay, sure, put, put it on the CBS channel, and it's I'm past it now. It, they'll they're gonna do what they're gonna want to do. Uh, I think NBC just announced theirs That's, too. Peacock, yeah, Peacock, which uh, fine. Yeah, it, everyone's gonna have it. So I'll mm-hmm. subscribe to the ones I'll watch the most, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, and I'm not gonna be paying two hundred twenty dollars a month now for cable. Yeah, and that's great. I the thing about the I want to talk about Peacock, and then we have to get to our it yeah. chapter two review. But uh, Peacock, uh, like I find that interesting, and I mean it doesn't interest me that much, but I kind of appreciate it from a like their their tactic a, a little bit because they're coming out of the gate with like they've they've got the office parks and rec uh friends like they have they they are getting the uh the shows that netflix is have like kind padding. of lapsed on the uh rights to yeah yeah and like uh yeah because netflix has like she's a little testy so she might like <laughs> 
be because like she was just biting me. I saw that. Yeah, uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, it was my fault. Yeah, cats are sweet. Um, yeah, they're so sweet. Like, look at her cutie. Oh, I have some pictures to show you. No, anyway, it's okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, for the listener, I have pictures of pizza where she looks like she's auditioning to be a Disney character, and it's adorable. Mm. Um, but anyway, so Peacock, um, I, I'm curious to see what happens because they're coming out of the gate with those shows that people have as comfort shows on Netflix, um, like The Office and right, all yeah. that. So um, I'm, Parson I'm, Rick. yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, I guess they're rebooting, uh, Saved by the Bell. Okay. Yeah. Did, that, and, and that's fine. Uh, Zach s- Morris is going to be the governor of California. That. I, I read that. I was like, "What is this even gonna look like? What the f- like? What is this?" I wonder if Mr. Bellingham's gonna crawl out of the bars from getting free shots. Actually, reprise his role as Mr. Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He was in Bloomington not too long ago. Was he really? Yeah. Like he, wow. this, he, this is his thing. He like goes around to these bars and people are just like, Mr. Belding, I'll buy you wow. a shot. And then there's like all kinds of photos on the internet of people taking shots of Mr. Belding. That's awesome. let's be honest. If I saw Mr. Belding, I'd probably buy him a shot. Too. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you were on that trip of Ray like years ago. It was in a on a Vegas trip and like they drank with Mr. Belding and Robin Leach. I was uh, not on that one. Okay, yeah, this was years and years ago. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna try it again. Nope, I, I did meet uh, Craig Robinson though. You did, yeah, yes, so. and he was looking good. He, he was, was looking, he, he was looking, looking good. Yeah, he was looking good. Yeah, your brother. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, Raymond, he's getting married. He is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, it chapter two. <laughs> it chapter two. Yeah, I was gonna do the whole. I was gonna talk. We were gonna talk about Shane Gillis and all that. Nah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's. It's it whatever. Yeah. So okay, so we're gonna go into our review of it chapter two. Of course, like we always do, we're going to do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review. So if you haven't seen it and you want to hear our thoughts, just continue listening. Um, if you want to avoid spoilers, check the show notes, which will be at uh in the in the app and everything that you use, and also on uh obsessiveviewer.com slash ov two nine five. Um, also just quickly, um. Pocket Cast is a pod or a podcast app on Android. I don't know if they have Apple, but um, they yeah, she's gonna bite you. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, but pizza just got off of my lap. Anyway, um, so uh, Pocket Cast was a paid app. Like I paid five bucks for it. It's like the best podcast app I've ever used. Uh, they just announced that they're gonna be free now. So. Check that out if you're looking for new. Kind of sucks that you paid you five dollars. And- uh, I don't care. Like no. it was years ago, and I've got my money's worth. Oh, like, fair enough. It's like it's it's the best like interface and everything, uh, which is kind of a shame because I also have Stitcher Premium for like the comedy podcasts I listen to. So I don't give as much love to Pocket Cast as I uh, used to, but um, it is my go-to podcast for non-Stitcher Premium stuff. So, having said all that, we're not sponsored by any of those apps. So, um, <laughs> check out patreon.com slash as best of viewer. But, um, it chapter two. So, I'm gonna go ahead and read a plot summary. Courtesy of IMDB. 
Defeated by members of the Losers Club, the evil clown Pennywise returns 27 years later to terrorize the town of Derry, Maine once again. Now adults, the childhood friends have long since gone their separate ways. But when people start disappearing, Mike Hanlon calls the others home for one final stand. Damaged by scars from the past, the United Losers must conquer their deepest fears to destroy the shape-shifting Pennywise, now more powerful than ever. So, Fekus, um... I'm going to kind of defer to you for this review. Fair and everything. enough. Uh, but before we actually get into it, um, what? How did you feel about it, Chapter One, and Stephen King in general? Um, and uh, yeah, how you talk? <laughs> so I'll I'll start with uh, my familiarity with Stephen King or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Um, it's mostly a cinematic familiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've uh, seen. His, you know, I've, obviously I've seen The Shining. I've mm-hmm. seen, um, uh, oh my God, Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. Uh, the one where, uh, what's the one where James Conn is the writer? Oh, Misery. Uh, Misery. So, yeah. So I, I, there's not a whole lot that I've seen okay. of uh, Stephen King that I've disliked. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I, I would go on a limb and say I, I'm a pretty big fan of the movies that he's nice. that he's a part of. Book wise, um, it chapter one I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I fell in love with that movie. It was like one of the best horror films I I'd, I'd ever seen at that point. So I was extremely excited mm-hmm. for it chapter two. Uh, to the point where I was actually trying to decide which cast members need to be playing the adult version. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of Jessica Chastain's amazing. I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still would have uh cast Amy uh Amy Adams. Oh uh, yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, that but that's just. That's just my uh, two cents on that. Sure. So my uh, my excitement level for it chapter two was uh, huge. Nice. And uh, just for the record, like, have you read any Stephen King? Uh, I've read the first, the the Gunslinger, oh, yeah. and uh, the half of the second book of the mm-hmm. Gunslinger. So, which I still we still need to work out something. I well, I Tower Junkies. Now I gotta I gotta get back into reading that because it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I dropped off, and it wasn't out of lack of interest. Mm-hmm. It, I Probably don't know because what, I kept saying, "Oh, we'll get you on the podcast," and then it never happened. Yeah. So I. And now I got it to read, and mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to prioritize it over yeah. the Gunslinger uh, story. So please do, yeah. yeah. So uh, not very uh, well read with Stephen King, but mm-hmm. you know I've seen uh, the majority, or not even the majority. I've seen a good amount yeah. of uh, his film- filmography. Yeah, of- I was gonna. There's plenty that's just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard um, that. Yeah. But hey, if you are interested in a podcast, then, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's Stephen King cast. There's, uh, Dark Tower Palaver. Um, also Tower Drunkies. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that's cool. So yep. you were excited for it chapter two. Super excited. Um, and like we usually do, uh, what were the conditions in which you saw it? Um, Elephant in the Room, there was a, a OV Facebook group screening. Sunday, but you know, yeah, work. Apparently, yeah, apparently, had to work. The town yeah. is better. Silly, silly police work. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So I saw it uh, <laughs> as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. What 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 day did it drop? The sixth uh, Thursday, the fifth or sixth or whatever. Fifth yeah. or sixth. So I had to wait. Uh. Past the weekend to go see it until my mm. days off. Oh, that's right. And uh, so it was. It was an afternoon showing, and uh, went to go see it in the IMAX out on the south side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the way to see it. Yeah. I, I really wasn't expecting the IMAX to make that big of a difference, but with the mm-hmm. finale part of it, it actually. Really oh did. yeah. Um, 
So pretty empty screening, just me, mm-hmm. my Diet Coke, and my uh, nice. snuck-in bag of trail mix. Oh, nice. Well, they don't have trail mix there, and I'm not going to eat uh, yeah. the candy, so yeah, it's whatever. Judge me if you want, but I did buy a $6 drink, so fuck off. That's fair, and I always do that whenever I go. I try to get a drink. Right. Um, one of uh, My boss, actually, back on my birthday, gave me a $20 gift card to... Uh, AMC and like I went and saw a movie today right after work and I was like I'm gonna get my hair cut then Fekas is gonna come over afterwards I'm like I'll I'll just get dinner here yeah well <laughs> so I got chicken tenders and a drink nice very nice um, yeah they're actually upping their game with their concessions like price is still ridiculous but like they've I had one of their flatbread pizzas stuff. once and it was mm-hmm. actually pretty tasty we talked about yeah. that and I had it too and it gave me really ridiculous heartburn well yeah I don't get heartburn so. but apparently they have oh look at you yeah well um, is right I don't get heartburn anyway um, I was like dated in middle school <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry uh, but apparently they have like a I think like a mac and cheese kind of thing or like a buffalo mac and cheese or something something that they're bringing out maybe chili I, I don't know that's nah, a bit much but. yeah but anyway, um, so that's cool. So I, I yeah, do you, anything else about the screening or should I? No, it was a pretty, uh, pretty typical screening. Nice. Uh, so good times. Nice. Um, I have seen it twice now um, and I have plans to see it a third time on Saturday with Kirsten. So the first time I saw it was I was I was too anxious to see it. Like I, I just wanted to see it. So sure. I saw it yeah. Thursday night, opening night. Um and what's interesting is that I went to like, I think a 7 p.m. screening and like, I don't know if like, I don't know what I don't, I didn't look up the numbers for the Thursday previews or anything, but like, like I kind of was comfortable with the amount of people that were there because it was, it was a pretty sparse like showing and everything. And then like I had looked at different times because there were different times that I could have gone. Right. And like the 530 showing or whatever was like really packed and everything. But uh, the one that I ended up going to was like oh, a decent amount. Like it was good. Good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, saw it in regular. Um. All the screenings I've gone to have been regular. So I might, I might try to squeeze in one more time to see it in IMAX. I think um, it's worth it, uh, especially yeah. for the IMAX. Yeah. And plus, I mean, it's three hours, so it's like it's you'll get there's a there's enough to right. justify that. But um. But it's I not am, like it's costing you any extra it, anyway. Exactly. And I am seeing Ad Astra in IMAX tomorrow. So <laughs> Oh yeah, that's gonna be good. Um so yeah, so then I went I was gonna go Friday uh with Tiny, but that didn't work out. Uh we ended up seeing Hobbs and Shaw instead. Ah, um I had fun with Hobbs. That, that was it was it was stupid, but it was, it was exactly what yeah. I wanted. Um, and then we went to the, I went to the, did the Facebook group screening on Sunday, um, which was a lot of fun. Like it was, it was really great. Someone brought a baby, um, and the baby was well behaved except for like the two or three times during the beginning where it was crying. But I'm like, it's like, a long, loud it's movie. It's such a long and loud movie. Yeah. Like I know that the baby can't comprehend the images, and it's just flashing, like whatever. It's not going to like. I understand that, but like you have to know, it's almost three hours. It's three hours. With yeah, I, I like. I could go on a dissertation about yeah. my uh, hate towards people bringing small children to the movie theater. Yeah, and we've documented that yeah. plenty of times, but. Uh, to our all of our surprise, like it was a pretty well behaved uh, yeah, little good. baby. But um, yeah, we got well, we had some a, a good turnout. It was me, Tiny, Tiny's wife, and their friends, 
Donnie and no, you can't remember his boyfriend's name. Um, uh, page, uh, listener page, uh, was there, not Tiny's page, right. but a different page. And I made this joke on Tower Chunkies, but, <laughs> uh, in my head, I, like, I wanted to say, uh, like, I wanted to, like, go up to both of the pages and Tiny and be like, what, what is this? An email that I'm sending about the, uh, about the podcast that's really detailed and unnecessarily detailed because it's two pages. So. That's not where I would have gone with that. I yeah. think I would have, uh, been like, man, it's just, uh, good to read between the pages here. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been good, especially with the way that they receded and the th- damn. Uh, yeah. yeah, well. Yeah, well, um, yeah, swinging a miss. Yeah, but uh, then Matt and Draco was there, and then I was there, and Andy was there. Uh, longtime listener, Andy. Um, oh, I'm sorry I had to miss it. It's all good. It's all good. Kirsten had to miss it too because she was moving and had a bunch of stuff. So that's why I'm going to see it Saturday. Um, probably. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so that was a good experience. That was fun. We talked a little bit more about it on Tower Junkies, so plug there. Um, so, Fekus and non-spoilers, how did you feel about It Chapter 2? I really enjoyed it, but I will say it had some weak parts to it, and mm-hmm. I don't think it was as strong as the first one. Okay. I think it, like, I read a lot of reviews saying it didn't stick the landing. I disagree with that. I think it stuck mm-hmm. the landing. Uh some of the issues I had were technical issues. Okay. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't, th- the first chapter one's such a tight. It really film, is. And that was just not, and I get why it had to be not so cohesive, mm-hmm. but it kind of made it seem like a longer film. And it was a longer film. So I get that. Sure. Uh, and I, I'm kind of sounds like I'm dogging on it. it mm. And I really enjoyed this film. Nice. Like, it wasn't as good as I was hoping it to be, sure. but it was still a really good film. And okay. I think it, it's a good ending for, uh, for the movies, mm-hmm. for, for both movies. So no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you. I enjoyed it a lot too. Actually, um, so it's unique because I've seen it twice. First screening, um, I came out of it with, with a lot of gripes just as a fan of the book and just that classic, like, okay. They did this instead of this, and they did right, this yeah. and all that. Um, but then, like, and I, I had, like, a lot of time, like, a week to really kind of ruminate on it. And, like, I've, I have, like, legitimate, like, issues that don't, that aren't, um, book related. Um, but I noticed that when I saw it again at the group screening, like, those concerns, those gripes kind of, kind of took a back seat. Like they, I was, I was legitimately worried that I was going to be like, Oh, okay, well this, now we're getting to this part. And like, it would be like a diminishing returns right. kind of thing, but knowing what to expect and everything that second time around, it was actually a more enjoyable experience for me. I thought, and I, I kind of want to see it again, uh, just mm-hmm. to see if my, if this still stands, but I almost thought that they put a little too much reliance on some jump scares in this one. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but then again, the first one kind of had a, a decent amount of jump scares so? too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, re- I watched the first one before I, I mm-hmm. before I saw this one. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get that impression. But interesting. I mean, like just the that first one alone, like the the mirror lady, uh, the 
when the when the headless guy in the library turns into Pennywise. See, I thought a lot of the stuff that for me in the first one that was really uh, effective was the imagery, not so much the jump mm-hmm. scare. Uh, sound effect, but okay. I, I felt like in this one, like I could pick out in certain scenes, like, well, this is the jump scare; it's going to be right here. Yeah. So, I, like, maybe, yeah. maybe it wasn't the reliance. Maybe it was just the predictability of the jump mm-hmm. scare for me in this one. And maybe in that case, like, it didn't have that the same context that the first one did. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Pennywise jumping out of the jumping out of the casket in the first one in front of Richie has also the buildup of like creepy room for right. clown dolls and stuff so maybe there's like the imagery was still effective for me in this film like it, okay. it still had like their uh illusions were, were still effective for me mm-hmm. so it, it's not like it was ruined for me and i really feel like sure. it sounds like i'm dogging this movie yeah. and i really didn't hate this movie i loved it but well, we'll get in we'll yeah. get into more of a love fest right. and as the review goes uh progresses i think um what did you think of it's been widely kind of reported on, so I feel like it's okay to. Well, let let's keep that in. I'll I'll bring that up in spoilers. So, um, you mentioned like the the illusions, the visual effects and stuff were really great. I I really enjoyed them too because it it felt like one of the great things about it. Chapter one is that it was kind of a low budget kind of thing but it stretched the budget really well in my opinion but here like we get like they clearly had money yeah yeah Um, i mean some of the set pieces were oh yeah were great that that first one with pennywise by the by the uh uh river oh that that was so well done yeah that that balloons. that that shot was fantastic oh yeah Oh yeah, that whole sequence that's what i'm kind of saving for spoilers because i don't want to give too much away but like that was just a brutal yeah, way to bring us back. Really was into it. that really pushed you right into it. Yeah. So, what did you think of the casting of the of the losers? Um, I, I thought the casting was was really well done. I, I think uh, Bill Hader was was probably the standout, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a whole lot of people to dispute that. Yeah. Um, his Jessica first Chat- horror movie. Do what? His first horror yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I read a couple of things where he wasn't sure how to. How he was going to react on screen mm-hmm. for it, but I thought yeah. he, I thought he nailed it. I think he did a oh, good yeah. job. And he's he's an incredible actor in his own right. Yeah, he's comedic, I, I'm, dramatic. I've always been a fan of, of his. I, I didn't watch his stuff on Saturday Night Live, uh, mm-hmm. but things I've seen him in movie wise, I think, were yeah. great. I thought Jessica Chastain was great uh, mm-hmm. too. There's few, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything where I disliked her. I think she's yeah, a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. Um, James McAvoy was good. Mm-hmm. The I, if. The the guy they got to play Eddie is spot on. Oh God, my God. I, it's like his son, or they I, went and like kidnapped Eddie yeah. from the future. Like he looks just like him. He re- and they knew it because uh, that scene where they're in the pharmacy and it transitions. Yeah. I'm like, they're that was like them showing off, and I'm like, I was all for it. Right, I was like, that is just beautiful. It was, and you know, it wasn't even just one of those things we cast him because he looked like him. He was yeah. he was great in, a, oh, in yeah. his role too. He's. James Ranson is the uh, is the actor, and I like uh, he was in season two of The Wire. He was fantastic in it. He was also in season two or three of Bosch on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, he was also in Generation Kill on HBO. Yeah, I saw he was. I've never watched Generation Kill, but yeah. that was it's okay. I, I went through and kind of like did the saw the filmography sure. of all the people on it after I saw it. So I did yeah. see that he was in Generation Kill, but I've never yeah. seen it. But he was he was phenomenal. Like Bill Hader's getting all the love as he should be. But like I, I am carrying a torch for 
his for James Ranson's performance yeah. as Eddie because he was fantastic. The guy that played Ben was really good too. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his performance. I I liked his characterization in this film much better than I liked the original miniseries. Oh yeah, yeah. So I because in the original miniseries he he's just a straight man, but mm-hmm. you know obviously in the chapter two, you know Ben's got some secrets. Yeah, and I think it. it it plays out well, and uh, the way they kind of uh, allude to that, I think, is very well done. And the actor, mm-hmm. I thought, did a really good job. The only one I would say, like, the guy that played Ben, I just kind of thought was, like, okay. Ben or Mike? I think you may have confused the two. Do you mean Mike has a secret? I'm sorry. You're, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, Mike is who I was talking about. Okay. Ben, the guy the guy that played old, older Ben, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I... That, and that's kind of, I feel like he had more work to do, cause like clearly like a big thing of his is that his character like lost a ton of weight right. and stuff. So like he doesn't have that like anchor of like really getting uh, like, I don't know, not emulating, but like he's working off of like an, an, a different character to an extent. I don't, I, a I more just... changed character, I should say. I just didn't feel like he had a lot to. I don't know. The, the, yeah. There was wasn't a whole lot for him to do yeah. as far as. I don't know. I there was just something. It was okay. It was sure. serviceable. I I, okay. I don't know. There's just something missing with it. I, like okay. I, I didn't really connect with uh, adult Ben all that much. That's fair. So um, fun Easter egg is that. Did you read that the opening shot of Ben? Uh, the, the first shot with Ben, uh, they kind of zoom in on kind of a. Was doing the consulting. Yeah. The, yeah. Kind of a, a bigger gentleman. And it, that's, that actor is actually the guy who played kid Ben in the miniseries. I did uh, yeah. hear that. Yeah. Or I that did read that. Cool. Yeah. That was neat. Um, but, oh, and how about Bill Skarsgård? Uh, how do you think? Oh, he fucking. He, I mean, what, why even bring it up? He's amazing. Right. Oh, yeah. Like he was amazing in the first one and mm-hmm. he. Fucking killed it in the second one. Like literally. Um, did, I, I how wish did you I, feel it compares to the first one. His performance. I feel like uh, we got more of him in this mm-hmm. one, and I I was satisfied with that. So, you know, in the first one, I feel like it, it's a lot of uh, the kids' fears, and not a ton of Pennywise. Pennywise yeah, here and true. there, just kind of sprinkled here, like at the end of their uh, little. Mm-hmm. Uh, scenario but in this one I, th- I feel like we get a little bit more pennywise and yeah and it, it, as much pennywise as i can get i, I yeah. love it and he he's amazing nice oh yeah i'm uh like he's he's so like bill scarsgard's amazing and you know um, i don't have like i've seen him in this mm-hmm. and his short piece in deadpool 2 and that that's pretty oh, much yeah. all i have um, for uh, his filmography definitely recommend castle rock on hulu mm-hmm. um yeah and, and i guess he's gonna be in the stand i hear um, no, his brother Alexander Skarsgård oh, is going to okay. be in it. Um, but also, also about Castle Rock is season two is coming out next month. Um, and it's, it's an anthology show. So each season is a different story and everything. Uh, that's like Amazon Fargo. Prime, right? Uh, Hulu. Hulu. Yep. Okay. Uh, but season two is going to have Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. They've got Lizzie Kaplan in the trailer. Like, it's it's amazing like the uh the way they have her kind of done up like her hair and her makeup but also like the lighting and the way that they shoot her in in uh at least in the shots that were shown in the trailer it's like like they it's clear that they studied uh the movie um and because it's like it's she's a dead ringer for Kathy yeah. Bates um but anyway I guess they uh, I guess Bill Skarsgård said he's open to playing Pennywise again so 
like yeah. I, obviously I'm not as well versed into mm. the uh, the mythology as you, but I'll go see it if he is yeah. uh, Pennywise again. Part of me is like, okay, they have this whole like that they're talking about like, oh, and it chapter three could be a prequel about Pennywise and like that character, but I'm just like. I don't need it. I, I'd see I have, it. I'd see yeah. it. Just, just for Pennywise, that's it. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd see it too, but, and I mean, as I've said before on Tower Junkies, we're living in a post Dark Tower world. So <laughs> any Stephen King property, like, has a very low bench, uh, right. benchmark to overcome. But I mean, I've got the, the book is like 1200 pages. I've got the two movies. The miniseries has its, has its moments. Like, I'm, I'll probably, I'm cool. I'll probably never watch the miniseries again. It's, it doesn't hold up. It does not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the performance is great. Okay. How did, what did you think? Uh, spoilers. Okay. Uh, let's just let's, go into spoilers. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I, I, we talked about that. The set pieces in general. And let's talk in broad terms about the climax of the movie. How'd you feel about the ending? You said it was satisfactory to you. Yeah. I, I thought it sucked the ending uh, pretty well. I like, I'm going to have to like the way that he is defeated. Mm-hmm. There, there's some, I, it's kind of weird. Yeah. So I, but the, the build up to it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So like the, okay. the, the final battle, if you will, mm-hmm. was really well done. Uh, it's just, there's a little anticlimactic, uh, nuances with the way that Pennywise is defeated. So mm-hmm. now I kind of want to ask your, uh, get your opinion on, on that. Oh, so. <laughs> oh I have opinions. I'm sure. So yeah. Um, because obviously I have no reference for what happens in the book and I don't sure. want you to tell me what happens in the right, book. Of course. But I just, Tell me how it compares, at yeah. least. And final broad thing, uh, I know I said that before, but, uh, the final broad thing about that is how did you feel, how did you feel about how the movie incorporated the child actors and the flashbacks in the movie? <laughs> I understand that, uh, there's, you're gonna have problems mm-hmm. with the children actors growing between the yeah. films. Uh, I, I was a little distracted by the technology for, uh, making the kids look younger. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest problems I had was Richie's voice. Uh, Is it I, Richie's or Eddie's? Cause I had a problem with Eddie's. Voice. I had a problem with Richie's. Okay. Like Richie's voice, uh, I, I thought was completely off almost to the point where it looked dubbed to me. Oh, interesting. So it, huh. in that, and I get it. So I, I'm not going to mark Like I wouldn't mark yeah. the movie down for it. Sure. But it, Parts of that did kind of take me out of the experience. Okay, interesting. Um, did they do de aging CGI a little yeah, bit? They okay, did. see, I see I'm, with I'm, Richie's. I I noticed it with Richie. Really? Like I really noticed the de aging. Like it looked huh. like a face filter, like an Instagram face filter to me. Wow. See, and I'm so. I'm so dumb about that kind of stuff. Like, I don't pick up on that kind of stuff. That and like wonky accents. I'm not too keen on like like identifying um but i'm curious how it's going to like now that you've pinpointed like richie in particular i might i'll pay special focus to him next time i see it i guess ben's the kid that played ben grew like nine inches oh really and they had to like shave his legs and all kinds of stuff so so i get it yeah i I, I, like i said i'm not gonna you know mark it down for it but it also it's it's like Warner Brothers and like it. It's not Dis- They don't have Disney money, right? To throw they, they don't like have that. the MCU yeah. spouting out billion dollar movies. So, exactly. Like I said, it, while distracting, it's not mm. something that I would say it 
detracted from the movie. Yeah, and I'm glad that they spent the um, whatever amount they did on that from my experience rather than taking it out of like the visual effects and stuff, right. like in the set pieces because they did some really cool visual things. Um so I I think that that's a good trade-off. Um yeah, so yeah, let's go into spoilers. Um so we're going to go into spoilers for it chapter 2. I'm going to play a clip from the trailer. If you want to avoid spoilers, go ahead and check the show notes for timestamps. If you want to listen to the spoilers, just keep listening. So here is uh yep, so here's a clip from the trailer and we'll be back with spoilers for it chapter 2. Hello. So, spoilers for chapter two. Um, I wanted, I, with, on Tower Junkies, we went chronological, like, we, like, it, it ran long. So, I just want to kind of let you kind of run with the spoilers, but I want to kind of get your read on one thing to get us kicked off. Um, the Adrian Mellon scene at the beginning, the, uh, homosexual couple that are, uh, are victimized, violently brutalized and everything. Uh, how did you feel about that scene? And have you read any of the kind of responses to it? Uh, I, I didn't know there was any controversy mm-hmm. to it. Uh, the scene is, it's a great way. I thought it was a great scene to bring me back into it. Uh, obviously that's a, it's a horrific mm-hmm. act. What happens to these, uh, to these two men, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a depiction of something that while may not be a regular thing in society, occasionally does happen. And it would yeah. be something that I, I don't expect it to happen in small towns, but sure. it's something that, uh, some people, you know, there's probably some small minded people in smaller mm-hmm. towns. Uh, I, what's the controversy with it? So first, before I get to the actual controversy, just to reiterate, like that is, and like, it's a brutal scene. It's, it's so yeah. brutal. And like, it, I feel like that's needed to bring us into like, what's like, what's happened. Like, it's a, it's a horror into. movie. Exactly. Also, the kind of point is to show that dairy, and maybe they didn't make this point clear enough, but like it, it like the point is like, okay, dairy is still like, even though it is, has been sleeping for 27 years, you know, dairy is still infected. Like the townspeople right. of dairy are still like under the spell of it. Um, so it's, it's that, but the controversy, um, so, okay. Um, it, it is from the book it is in the book. Um, and it was not in the miniseries because it was network television and everything. Sure. Um, but the controversy is that when Stephen King wrote the book, um, at least part of the controversy, I guess, when he wrote the book back in 1986, he based it on an actual hate crime that occurred in Bangor, Maine. That was very similar to, to like, as it's depicted in the book and in okay. the movie. Um, uh, guy was accosted, beaten, and like beaten to death and thrown over a canal in Bangor, Maine because he was a homosexual. Um, the actual person, the actual victim of that crime that was, that he, that King based it on had asthma. And in the movie, they give the character asthma. And it, it, like, I guess some people are like, that's maybe a little bit, a little bit 
kind of uh, messy to kind of have like that as as it, I don't know. It's a, it's an event yeah. that happened, and it's a mm-hmm. reference to an event. I, <sighs> yeah, I I, I, I don't get. Some people may think it was like disrespectful because it's. I mean, it's a blockbuster horror movie, and it just seems like it's uh, in poor taste to kind of, even though it's based on like a real it's, event it's, well, or inspired by. I he, say. Here's here's my thing about that though. That mm-hmm. that scene is not meant to instill any type of. Thank God this is happening. This is supposed to instill amount a, a certain amount of disgust for what these. Uh, guys are doing to these this couple and i'm so glad you said that because i'm in of the same mind um i agree and i talked to one of our listeners biz she messaged me and was like i'm like we talked about um about the movie and uh my kind of thing is like like i don't i don't know like it's it's not like you said it's not like it's glorifying it or it's not like creating like a an incentivizing thing for bigots yeah. to like use it as an excuse to like it's supposed to be yeah. a horrific act and it very yeah. much is portrayed as a horrific attack right also i feel like it's kind of countered or, or at least attempted to be balanced by Richie's like plot line right in the movie. yeah um because it's not like it's just it's not like the movie saying like oh we hate gay people or anything it's like no this is just demonstrating the pure evil that is residing in dairy and also like this character struggling with with his closeted homosexuality um so yeah i i, yeah, I didn't know there was any controversy I yeah just, i thought it was uh a great way to reintroduce mm-hmm. uh pennywise and like it, it it's a horror movie it's a horrific act yeah. Uh, a lot of things in media are based on things that of of historical significance. And there are much much more gratuitous like examples in the horror genre. And the and the, like, mere, and the, th- the fact that King actually wrote the into a book as a reference to an actual event. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I wouldn't even say reference to an event cuz like the character isn't named similar, like the character doesn't have asthma in the book. Um, it's just it, like he drew inspiration from it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this just sounds like outrage culture to me. Uh, yeah, I, so. I'm kind of of the same mind, I think. Um, but, uh, it brought us back to Derry. Uh, there's no way to transition out of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that scene was very effective, especially the reintroduction, reintroducing of Pennywise mm-hmm. there. Like that yeah. was a very creepy, mm-hmm. like scene of him at the, uh, on the bank of the river and then yes. him just taking a huge chunk of bite out mm-hmm. of that guy. That was, that was very effective. Yeah, totally agree. And like the thing that I was kind of fixated on was all the balloons. Like that was just, Oh yeah. Chilling just, to me. It was, it was so good. Yeah. And like, that was like, cause that's like the first scene of the movie just about, and I'm just like, uh, like I'm like, they have a budget, like they have so much more right. money now. No, it, um, like you, you can't beat the first scene of chapter one. It's just, oh, yeah. you, you just can't, oh, yeah. but it did a good enough job to, mm-hmm. it held, it held its own against that. Absolutely. And so one of my kind of s- gripes or criticisms about the movie is that the, the, the beginning section, the first act where they're all getting their calls and they're, they're, you know, they're getting called back to dairy. Um, and, I'm excited to see what Andy Muschietti does with a director's cut because I think he said that there's going to be an extended. Yeah, I've read that yeah. too. I think he's also said that he wants to do like a super cut, like miniseries type of 
cut that combines both movies. I'd watch it. I oh 100% yeah. me too. But I feel like this theatrical version of it chapter 2 um and it's it's tough to say because it's because it's necessary because it's a 3-hour movie, but I feel like that first act where they're all getting their calls back to Derry, it's like it's too rapid. Like we're it's like kind of well, a, I, a little bit of whiplash for for exposition whiplash, I guess. I kind of get what you're saying there, but yeah. it, it's one of those things that you don't want to spend too much time on it because you right. want to get these characters back into Derry doing. Yeah. Plus it's it's six different phone calls right. to to different characters like I thought it was effective. It. I honestly I thought it was mm-hmm. well done, you know. I, I you know, I liked Richie's, uh, where he's pu- mm-hmm. puking off the balcony. Yeah. I loved Eddie's when he's on the, oh, on yeah. the phone in the SUV. The, it's so, it says so much about the character. Like, there's so much about the character in that, because when he sees that the call is coming from Derry, he's just, like, he says goodbye to his, to his wife, he calls her mommy, and I'm like, Oh, like that just says that tells you everything you need I to know. I love about that character. they use the same actress as yes. his mom. That yes. was like, I saw, I, when I saw it, I'm like, that's his mom. And like, <laughs> the first thing I did when the movie rolled and I went out to my car, I was like, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fucking yeah, I was right. That is so his mom. great. That was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing in that, in that portion, cause I kind of want to set aside some time to talk about the Bev portion, but, um, when we get Ben's reintroduction, I guess, uh, there's such a cool shot. And I talked about this on Tower Junkies, but the shot from outside of wherever he is, like the building he's in, that pans up to the sky and you zoom into the sky with the stars and the stars transition yeah, into puzzle yeah, yeah. pieces. I just thought like that, like this is a, this is a blockbuster horror movie and like we get that, type of just like like cinematic thought movie. into the yeah. uh, into the cinematography yeah oh, yeah. I, yeah no i don't I, I don't have the that gripe with the uh the start of it i thought okay. it was i don't know i thought it was paced well I reintroducing think, the characters i think for the most part i think i'm i'm mostly just uh uh dissatisfied i'd say because I, I i like it but i'm just dissatisfied with bev and stanley's um well, Stanley, yeah. yes. I mean, Stanley's was glossed over. I don't know. I thought Bev's was, mm-hmm. was good. See, yeah, and, and that's fair. And I think just like, as... It, and this is just because I've been around it in my mm-hmm. line of work, but I th- like that was a spot-on interpretation mm-hmm. of an abusive uh, husband right there. Yeah. Like, that was... I've seen, I've seen that scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that was effective. Yeah. I did like, and I'm stepping on what I said on Tower Junkies, but I did like the kind of symmetry or mirror aspect of it where she uh knocks knocks him out with a headshot with a phone. Uh because it's it's like it's a nice symmetry to how she took down her dad in chapter one with yeah. the toilet tank lid. Um so I I like that. And we'll talk about Eddie's final thing because I, I had some well, no, 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 I won't talk about that. Eh, it'll ignore that. Um, <laughs> Ignored. But, uh, Stanley, so yeah, um, I should have asked you this before. When was the last time you watched the miniseries? Like, did you know I watched, Stanley? Yeah, I watched the miniseries, uh, before chap, I went to go see chapter one. Oh, okay. Uh, I, in fact, I want to say I borrowed it from you. I think I borrowed the, uh, off of a drive from you to Maybe. watch it. Maybe. Yeah, totally legal digital purchase. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so I watched, it, I watched it then and mm-hmm. I, I knew ahead of time Stanley cause, uh, I, I saw the miniseries when I was a kid. Right. And one of the standout, uh, like it didn't, didn't scare me, but one of the, the memorable parts, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid was the part where Stanley's heads, uh, talking to everybody in the restaurant. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, uh, I, I love how the movie paid homage to that. Yeah. I, I yeah. loved it. 
So I, I was aware Stanley was uh, not going to make it uh, to Derry. Okay. So I was just kind of. So yeah, I thought. Gotcha. It was a little glossed over. Like Stanley was Stanley was a little glossed over, mm. but I think that it paid dividends at the end when it with Stanley's letter to uh, the losers. It it did, and that's something I I was not really on board with. Oh, uh, you didn't? You yeah, didn't like it? I didn't like it. I th- oh, I I did. I thought yeah. it was. Well, then again, uh, I might have a different perspective of that when I read right. the book. But like, I, I don't know. I was on board with that. I thought it was sure a, a good uh, tie up and a good hats off to Stanley. And I'm I'm growing an appreciation for that. I, I will say that. But I think my gripe is that it just that and some other things about the ending just makes it too much of a happy ending, which is fine. Like it's it's I didn't want it to be overly cynical or anything, but. I think, I think my biggest thing about the Stanley thing at the end is that it, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm too married to the format that's in the book and then the miniseries, the dual narrative that goes concurrently with each other. Because in, like, if you remember in the miniseries, like, that's one of the first, like, I think that's the end of the first episode is him killing himself. And like, that establishes so well how, like the gravity of what's of like what they're up against like and at the time like we don't know the story or anything so i guess it makes sense to kind of have that here cuz it's it's played up like he's like you said like he's he took his he took his his position off the board so that they could win and it's like it i don't know i kind of feel like that's a not disservice to the story but it feels like the it feels like Without that, like if he had just killed himself because he couldn't bear to face it or anything, like that is such a, such a big thing. Like that's such a, that's, that's, that's the epitome of him being terrified of, of facing his past and everything. And like that puts the losers at such a disadvantage. And it's not like necessarily out of selfishness. It's just that he just can't do it. And like he, despite that and to have him be like, well, I did it for, so that you guys could win. It still shows his terror. Like he, I mean, he's admittedly like, I can't do this. Yeah. I like, I'm a liability. If I show up, like Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not, I'm not able to, you guys are stronger than I am. Like, I, I don't know. I I thought it was effective in that sense. Sure. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I, I I just had problems with it because it didn't it didn't deliver what I wanted out of it for Fair me. Fair enough. That's fine. Um, yeah. So I I wanted to <laughs> I wanted you to take point on this, but I keep I keep uh, uh, railroading you or, well, or directing it. So uh, what's the next thing you want ju- to jump jump into uh, Henry Bowers? That was the thing I was going to just bring up. Okay. Uh, so yeah. at the end of chapter one, mm-hmm. I. I assumed that he was dead. I, mm-hmm. I assumed that he had fall, fallen down that well and he was he was done. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, that kind of bothered me because I, I was really wanting him to return as adult Henry Bowers in the uh, in chapter two. You weren't or were I? I, I wanted him to come you back. You wanted to? Oh, he, yeah. you were bummed about. His I was bummed that he was gotcha. dead. Uh, so I was happy that. Well, when they started announcing the cast and they said adult Henry Bowers, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I guess he's not dead. Yeah. And I like how they reintroduced, or at least showed how he lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I liked his. Uh, he's coming back, and he gets arrested by all the uh, the officers there. I, I like that yeah. scene. And I fucking loved zombie friend picking him up at yeah. the institution and driving him off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic. That was such a nice 
touch. Um, I thought that, I thought that was cool. I had some, nah, I'm not even can, I, I, no, I was fine with it. Um, how'd you feel about his performance? Um, oh, he was fine. I thought, yeah, yeah I think he was great. Maybe okay. not great, but he was fine. Yeah. I thought he did the jo- job. I thought he was depicted a, uh, a disturbed person mm. very well. Who's been institutionalized? Institutionalized, yeah. So years. no, I thought he was fine. I, I didn't think he, he he was a bad performance. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was the performance of the movie, but I thought he did a great job with it. That's fair. I, I that's my kind of issue because it's it's a tough role. Like it's it's tough in the context of the movie because it felt like it was totally off compared to the rest of the movie to me because it felt like he was. At times, it felt like he was over the top, but that character would be over the top. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he was—he's been second in the institution, and yeah. uh, his visions were validated. Uh, yeah, and he's ecstatic that mm-hmm. he there's validation to his story, and yeah. now he is off to complete his missions. Yeah, and I and I get that. I think that another qualm that I had that I talked about on Tower Junkies, uh, of course, as I'm repeating all the time, um, is that. Henry Bowers is the. I'm terrified that she's going to bite you. It, she um, does. It's my own fault. It's okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and she has claws. Um, uh, whenever she, well, not whenever she scratches me, but from now on, whenever she scratches me, I want, I want to say, uh, "Ooh, Kitty's got she's claws. got claws." Yeah, yeah, of course she would. Yep. Um. Anyway, so I kind of feel like he. Th- the issue that I have, I think, with with the tonal kind of disparity in my eyes is that Pennywise is the metaphysical, eternal, like, crazy villain of the movie. And Pennywise is the one that's, he's he, like, by definition, by the, by the character, he is able to be that just, like, kooky, crazy demon thing. And to have henry bowers be kind of a giggly like disturbed mind kind of thing rather than being like i didn't i didn't want him to be like kind of the the straight villain or like the but he is like the mortal villain of the movie and i kind of feel like to have him be like kind of that disturbed to the point where it's almost i don't want to say it's almost a comedic performance but like it's like it, the I, tone see, feels I see what you're saying comedic. i just think that is a much more accurate depiction of mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, sure. I, I see your point. I, it doesn't, to me, it didn't detract and it didn't, uh, I don't know. I, I thought it okay. fit, fit the, the I did tone. feel better about it on the second viewing. I will say that. How did you feel about his kind of two big moments? Him in the bathroom with Eddie and the, the bathroom moment with Eddie was great. Mm-hmm. And Eddie had one of my favorite lines there where he's, he was like, it's, what is this? Like, it's 2019. You're still got a fucking mullet. Yeah. That was great. Um, that, that was good. No, that but I, good. and I thought that scene, like he was, he's creepy as fuck. I, yeah. I thought he did a great job, uh, with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his ending was spectacular. Okay. Hatch, hatchets nice. right in the back of the head. I thought it was fantastic. Nice. Uh, yeah, I won't really comment. I, I if you want to hear my thoughts on that, uh, <laughs> listen to Tower of Junkies. Yeah. yeah, I what I will what I'll say is I felt like it was too brief. Um, because it's they, a, it's already a three hour movie, or it, it, it's closing on a three hour movie, and that's fair. That's totally fair. But I just feel like you. I feel like there there are two big moments with Henry. Well, 
Henry and the Losers because he does kill the orderly in the institution. I thought that was oh yeah, cool. it, was, it was a good. Death. Um, also, I I just realized I didn't mention this to Tiny when we recorded on Tower Junkies, but like um, <laughs> the guard uh, watching cat videos and or I think a dog video, I don't know, a video on on his phone while like Henry's on the on the screen walking toward the. Uh, Toward him like that, like that took me back to when I worked. I'm sure it did. Security guard. <laughs> um, so yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. So uh, that that's cool. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed that aspect of it, and yeah, I agree. It, it is already a long movie, but I don't know. I just feel like you go through the trouble of reintroducing Henry Bowers and bringing him into into it, like as a secondary villain. I just kind of wish that he had more. That there was more at stake with him. Like, cause it's just like, okay, Eddie stabs him and then, uh, Richie hatchets, hatchets him, him. And that's it. Like, he, like, he, I don't feel like he was a formidable enough villain, which. Well, I think Pennywise kind of was <laughs> enough for them to yeah, handle. That's um, true. So I, I don't know. Maybe you'll get more of it in a director's cut, but mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was perfectly appropriate. So. Sure. Okay. Hey. I, the, uh, the stuff with the, uh, kind of hallucinogenic stuff, mm-hmm. I, when I heard that they were going to put it in there, I, I almost was kind of at a pause, but I thought it worked for me. And okay. I, I kind of, uh, I was in, I was in on that then. Interesting. So you knew that they were going to put that. Yeah. In they, the they movie? said originally, uh, during okay. production that they were going to introduce, uh, kind of a more, uh, how, how do they put it? Kind metaphysical. of like, yeah, metaphysical okay. uh, take on it. So see, and I took that a completely different way when I heard that. Um, listen to Tower Junkies. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so I, I was, uh, I like that perspective. I like the Mike's, mm-hmm. uh, kind of digging into the mythology of the creature and, mm-hmm. uh, finding out. It, you know, it's funny because the, the one gripe I will have about that part is he's mm-hmm. telling them, he's like, Hey, look, this Indian tribe, they dealt with them and they taught me how to deal with it. And I'm sitting there going, is that how come that no one's asking the question of if they dealt with them and know how to deal with them, how come it's still here? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, he does kind of keep it close to the, how do they say it in Dark close Knight? Close to the, ch- uh, in what? In the Dark Knight, uh, rises, I think. So, or the, I think it's just the Dark Knight is like, you like to play it close to the chest. Yeah. The but but Nolan like switches like like it's it's not like the right expression. It's like he says chest or vest. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I don't know what the actual. Anyway, that's whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and Mike kind of keeps it kind of secret. He does, and, and you know you get the when he takes it out of the the little uh, container out yeah. of Richie's hands that has the scratched out mm. uh, portion of it. You know, you're like, oh yeah. shit, or something. So. Yeah, I, I did. I liked the visuals of the the drugged out scene. I thought that was yeah. that was, visually was really cool. Um, yeah, and I, I felt like the movie was working kind of hard to keep them in Derry or give them a reason to stay in Derry, which makes sense. And we we'll have to circle back and talk about the dinner scene, the the Chinese, uh, the fortune cookie scene. Um, but like after that, they're freaked out. They're ready to leave and everything. And they it's a lot of convincing to keep them there. And I'm just like. I feel like they could have streamlined that a lot more um, for my liking because we get the whole Bev talking about how that she's seen everyone's death and w- they're going to die in 20 year within 20 years anyway if they don't face it. And it's like, that's cool. That's fine. But then like they're using that to convince to convince everyone to stick together and then Bill and, and Mike come and they're like, oh, we need to do the ritual of Chewed and do all this. It's just, it's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they could have, 
parse that down a little bit. I, I will say that, yeah, that it, it was very kind of choppy how uh, kind of the middle of the film kind of went between uh, them trying to find all their totems mm-hmm. and kind of articulate what needs to be done with uh, Pennywise. I, I agree. And, uh, like, I didn't even really pick up or notice that she had said that, like, that she sees them all die in, within 20 years. So, like, that whole aspect of it was kind of lost me until I saw it a second time. Oh, no, I picked up on it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, I feel like they tried to, they bring that home at the start of the movie when mm. they have Stanley ask, well, what do we look? And she's like, you're taller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're dead, Stan. Right, Sorry. right. Um, so no, I, I picked up on that. Um, okay. But the individual, uh, totem scenes I thought were fantastic. Nice. Like, um, okay. I really enjoyed Bill's, uh, going mm-hmm. back to the sewer. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked Richie's, uh, especially kind of gives you, introduces mm-hmm. the, uh, the fact that he is homosexual. Mm-hmm. So, and kind of adds that to his character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like all, all, especially Bev's was amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. Like, and, the, the when you yeah. get the visual of the creature stomping towards like in yes. the when they when you see the preview you just see the legs but when you mm-hmm. get the visual holy shit that was that, that kind of freaked me out oh yeah so oh, Be- yeah. I thought Bev's was extremely effective I I agree that was that was that was perfect um even like the little touches like when she's uh, bringing up the not floorboard but the side thing and she's like the cockroaches like scurry away like just like the little touches like that just like it was it was a really great like mounting tension it was and that old lady was oh fucking amazing amazing. like that amazing pause man oh yeah this is so good (laughs) fantastic um i and uh so a lot some people are saying and we've we've kind of said it a little bit that it's a long movie and a lot of people like, and I ta- I went on a rant on Tower Junkies about this, but basically like anytime a movie's over two and a half hours to three hours, like inevitably everyone's going to focus on that and say, well, sure. it's too long. But like, I didn't have a problem with the length. Me neither. I, I thought it was, yeah, it was fine. I, me, like it, it, it wasn't horribly paced. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't as tight as the first one, yeah. but no, I had zero problem. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't feel like it was that long. Totally, and it's and again. It. I would have. <laughs> uh, I would rather have a all told five and a half hour uh, adaptation of a twelve, like twelve or thirteen hundred page book rather than a ninety five minute right. adaptation of forty two hundred pages. You but, know, n- nothing will ever beat. The Avengers the Endgame. Oh, gotcha. That, that's yeah. the tightest three-hour movie in the history mm-hmm. of film. But th- this wasn't distractingly long. Like, it- yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- and I think specifically, and I've seen some people kind of complain, and I disagree wholeheartedly with it uh, from my perspective. But complaining about like the flashbacks and like each individual like token scene being repetitive because. I think it was very, it was so varied each, each and every No, yeah I, yeah. I liked the totem scenes. I thought that was a great, and like it brought you a little closer to each individual character. Yes. No, I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that part of the film. So I totally agree. And I thought that it was particularly clever and almost genius that they 
went with that structure like because they could have because like the idea of the two movies is like okay the first one is them as kids the second, the second one, one is them as adults. adults yeah I'm, I'm glad to re we got to reintroduce yes in, to the kids like uh, you know the kids are fantastic mm-hmm. in the first one yeah and so it's good to to see them next to their adult counterparts yes so. and the fact like that they incorporated it into the first movie in the way that it's like well after they had their big blowout uh after they went to Nebolt house uh they all went their separate ways so like it's literally filling in the gap and i love that i I I really so clever i thought i I agree i thought that was Mm -hmm. fantastic that like you don't realize when you see the first movies like there's a long period of time where these these guys they were not together oh yeah there's a freaking montage yeah Just brushing it aside. So I, I was a big fan of how it Me did too. That, how it did that. So very organic and like because I had said I was worried that that going into the adult side of the of the story that it was going to lose some of its its magic of the first movie because right. the first movie part of the reason why that movie works so beautifully is that the kids are have so much chemistry mm-hmm. and their performances are all incredible yeah that, that's like um, the, if there's like a, a kids oscars like every yes. single one of them want to get, a, get right. an oscar uh and you know unfortunately children are not uh notorious for being great actors and yeah. I, that's not ragging on kid actors right. it's just you know they're not experienced but every single one of those kids yeah killed it oh yeah so absolutely i was glad to have them back mm. uh Back in the film. Totally. And uh, let's talk about King's cameo. Um, <laughs> that was fun. I, me too. Yeah. I, mean, I really have zero problem with it. I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. It was fun. I thought uh, it was kind of funny him kind of poking uh, fun mm-hmm. of himself. Yeah. And that, and I, again, reiterating Tower Junkies, but I felt like the whole, like, oh, Bill doesn't know how to write an ending for his books. Like, that was cute. That was a nice tongue-in-cheek thing because that's a big criticism that a lot of people have with King. But they hit that so hard throughout the movie. Like, there are numerous references. I think it would have been much better if it was, like, introduced in the the beginning scene with uh, Peter Bogdanovich's yeah. uh, cameo and then not brought up again until the King cameo. Because that would have been just much more satisfying. Ah, it's, fine. it's a recurring yeah. thing on Bill, yeah. so I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, but... I do have my big problem with the King cameo is that they didn't, they weren't able to do the thing that they wanted to do, um, which I read about after the fact. So it's not like an issue with the, with the movie, but like the idea is so just brilliant to me. Did you read anything? Uh, about? Uh, no, okay. I don't know. So the idea, like the cameo is that Bill as an adult goes in and buys his, his, uh, bike, um, <laughs> uh, from King, who's the proprietor of a thrift store, an antique shop, what have you. Um, there was going to be, uh, they had every intention of doing a second like antique shop thing with young Bill and Bev, like in the, in the store, but the proprietor was going to be played by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Oh, so he was okay. going to be the younger version. And I thought like, that's, I wish that would have happened. Like, I wish they would have made that happen. Um, because that, that's just brilliant, but alas, it didn't happen. Oh, well. Yep. Um, but I, I liked it. The first time I saw it, I was like, okay, King isn't an actor, but yes, yeah, but yeah, I thought it, it was serviceable. Yeah. He's an old guy working yeah. at the shop. I, oh yeah. That was fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's getting attacked on both sides. Um, but yeah, so uh, talking about the cat anyway, <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Oh, circling back to to Richie and his homosexuality thing. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a great, a uh, great arc for the character and everything. I did, yeah. Yeah. My only problem is that there is none of that in the first movie. Like, there's nothing seated in the first movie for that. And the thing, the thing about, it, and like, this is the thing that's been sticking out to me ever since I saw someone tweet about it, that when Andy Muschietti and his team got together to make chapter one, it was already being developed by Kerry Fukunaga. And Kerry Fukunaga had a lot of pre-production done, and he had a script that he was going to do. Like, he was about to shoot the damn thing, I think. But uh, he left over creative differences or whatever. So Andy Muschietti, like, he had that script. Like, he had that script to work off of. I don't know how much he used of it or anything, but this movie is solely Andy Muschietti and his, his team. And, like, I feel that because there are some, there are some, like, tonal inconsistencies. And there's, like, uh, prime example is, like, they introduce the uh, Richie's... Uh, sexuality subplot but like that wasn't like introduced at all so like when we get that scene of young Richie in the in uh in the movie theater playing the arcade games and like he's he's like talking to to the kid that he's playing with and uh, like he's he's like it's a it, that's when we start to get the implication that he's you know he's gay. gay um like that kind of it didn't surprise me or anything or but it kind of it made me play catch up because I was like instinctively like, okay, this is chapter two. Is there anything like that? And nah, to one? me, I was just kind of like, huh, okay, okay, that's uh, fair. It was just one of those things. Yeah. Like, okay, Rich yeah. is gay. Yeah. My biggest problem with it though is that at the end when he carves his and Eddie's initials, right? I feel like it would have been a lot just more powerful if he did the initials of all of the losers because I I feel like. Implying yeah, that he was in love with he Eddie. He was in love with Eddie. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like that was just kind of a, a strange kind of surprise that I, like, I wasn't, like, wh- like it didn't track for me throughout the rest of the movie. Like, sure, they, they have their like bickering and everything, but like at the end when he does that, I'm like, I was like sitting there thinking, like, oh my god, he's gonna carve all the losers' initials and it's gonna be. Oh really? Thing. I, I really I, did. I, he was just doing him and Eddie. Yeah. Like they had their their moment when Eddie dies. They had mm-hmm. the moment in the hammock when the flashback when and yeah. uh, Ben's fort. I, I How did you feel about their like pairing up in the final battle when they like they revisit the doors and everything? Oh, I, the Pomeranian thing was amazing. The Pomeranian thing was great. I will say that the kind of comedic beats were felt that was another instance where it felt kind of tonally inconsistent. No, I I am a fan of a little comedial levity in Ooh. high tension horror film scenarios like that sure uh like it, dragged it felt me- a little too much to me personally because like it felt like they were just doing like an abbott and costello bit or something <sighs> sure but i don't know i like the dichotomy between those mm-hmm. two tones and things like that i thought drag, drag me to hell i think does that very well too i still and, haven't seen and that. i really enjoyed it in this so okay. no i i was a huge fan of it i love the callback to Ooh. the doors and I love the callback to the Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it, that worked on all cylinders for me. I was see, good. and was that's fair. I think I would have liked it better if it was just the Pomeranian instead of the Pomeranian and them bickering back and forth. 
like or if it was just them bickering back and forth but not something like cute and funny uh, against the door like having both of those things happen felt like they were just uh, it was it was pulling away from the tension for me so yeah, yeah. no no i'm like i said i, I like those two uh, mesh meshing mm-hmm. of tones sure so uh how do you feel about going back to kind of the first act of the movie how did you feel about the dinner scene and the, oh, the dinner scene yeah. was fantastic the same I, like I it, was, it was no that was great the mm-hmm. the fortune cookie portion of it was great yep and then the subsequent uh, horror afterwards and mm-hmm. then the uh, poor waitress coming over that, there as yeah uh, that was a good comedic beat oh it was uh, a great comedic beat yeah is richie's just pounding the table or he's yeah, just like, it was mike oh uh, was yeah. it mike pounding the, okay with yeah, the chair was, yeah yeah that was fantastic yeah i just i i thought that was great and just the way that that whole scene with the fortune cookies is realized like i was so on board with that like i think like as of now it looked great but i could i i have a sense that like you know, with time, I feel like the the special effects there won't age that well. Yeah. But it's so like kind of just out there and grotesque that I was like, I was all, I was for it. Yeah, I was yeah. great. In the uh, the kid, um, oh, the Richie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the line. Yeah. I don't write my own stuff. I knew it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about there. There are two kids in the movie. Um. That meet the horrible ends. Uh, the kid, that kid was the kid on the skateboard with Bill, um, in the fun house, which we'll talk about in a second. But I want to talk about the, Vicky, the little girl, the little girl with the birthmark. Um, God, that was a good scene to, for me. See, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Cause like it felt, it felt to me like that was so inconsequential to the rest of the movie to me because she's uh, like, and I, this is one of the things I was kind of ruminating on, uh, in between my screenings of it in that week, because it felt like that. I have no way to corroborate this or anything, but it felt like the studio was like, okay, well, we need more Pennywise here. So go ahead and throw this, this scene in, throw in a scene and just kind of, kind of just do the thing you did with Georgie in the first one and uh, see, do I, that I here. I think it really just shows that he's back he's feeding mm-hmm. he's active like you have the first scene uh with the riverbank mm-hmm. and then you have the like he's he's active he is back and he and is kids are going missing that's totally fair and i agree that's that's a good reason to have that i wish i would have been more much more satisfied and less cynical about it if there was another scene after it like just having the aftermath of that. Like if they had placed that scene earlier in the movie as another example of like, Oh, it's happening again. And like using that and Adrian Mellon's death, um, in the canal, uh, as like, like kind of stacking up the reasons why they, that it needs to be defeated and the losers need to come back. But as it is in the movie, it comes after like, everything's kind of like the move, the movie is moving and, we you, don't get any follow up. Even it. if they did use it as a means to get more Pennywise, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it because I'm okay with more Pennywise. Yeah, I just thought it was a good scene with Pennywise. Sure. I, I like how it shows him fucking with the kids, and that's and that's what I'm struggling with too because it is a good scene. Like it's and it's it's disturbing. Like I I I say that okay, it's just like oh, it's the Georgie thing, but with with another kid. But it's an added layer that the kid has this. Uh, 
this mark on her face that she's clearly insecure about and it's Pennywise preying on that insecurity right. and, and like that brings such an interesting level to his creepiness disturbed nature and his his murderous uh you know activities um but yeah but i just think it it felt out of place to no, me no i disagree yeah. I, th- I thought it was a great scene that's fair yeah. um what else cuz we need to talk about the ending you said you were going to bring up the skateboard kid oh yeah the skateboard yeah, kid i thought that was a really really fun the blood yeah uh, the blood was so cool <laughs> and pennywise's facial distortions so were creepy so scary mm-hmm. like that's just, that was just a horrible yes horrible death and man, and like the idea of a fun house and like the mirror whatever it's like that's something that's been done but i just there's something about um the circumstance of it in the way that it's shot because like when he goes into into like the little tunnel into the fun fun house like it's like uh not to put on my like film snob thing but very evocative of Mm, uh stanley kubrick in 2001 it was Um, you're right yeah it was like clearly like maybe not an homage but like just clearly like you know inspired by that but just like that and then just the idea of like this grown man like frantically trying to get this kid out of there. Like just, I put myself in the position of the skateboard kid and like thinking like, what the fuck are you like, doing? What the man? fuck is going on? This guy's talking about drain. Like he's talking about, like I saw him and he was like yelling at me about the sewer and now he's here. Like what? Like that's a terrifying premise. And <laughs> you're molesting me, aren't you? Sir? Yeah. Um, but then when Pennywise comes up, it's like, holy shit. Like that's, it's creepy. Um, my only kind of qualm with it is that, I felt like in the first, my first viewing, obviously, like I had to play catch up with it because, like, I was thinking that, um, I was thinking that it was Pennywise fucking with him and that it didn't really happen. Oh, no. I, yeah. I felt for sure, like, like, that, clearly it was Pennywise fucking with him, but mm-hmm. for a good reason. Like, the kid it, was really dead. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was like an apparition. I, and I didn't like that it was just like, I felt like it was a, a rehash of the first movie to an extent in that, it was a means to get Bill to go after Pennywise alone. Well, it was kind of, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was was for. Yeah. But you have to have that uh, catalyst. So. I I disagree. You really don't, because by that point, like they know, like they know the score, like they're playing well, going you, after you, Pennywise. Here's the thing: you needed them to go mm-hmm. Im- immediately. So, mm-hmm. you, sure, they're going to go face Pennywise, but you know the movies come to a close you need something to push them there now and see you don't need uh, that you know that we don't need more preparation we need a sense of urgency oh shit uh bill's gonna go fuck take it all right we gotta do this now i think it i think in my opinion i think that that cheapens the bond of the losers uh, honestly like i feel like that felt more contrived than really anything in the movie because like it, it wasn't needed like i don't think we needed that catalyst because um, like they would all just meet at the library and be like, "Hey, uh, let's go after him. Let's let's do it." Like he could have he could have just gone back and been like, "Oh, let let's go kill this fucking clown." Um, having it be this whole thing where Bill's going alone, like that just felt like anachronistic to his character, in my opinion. No, because um, it, you know it, it to me it draws back to the uh Bev the, the uh, no the, the climax in the in the first one where. Pennywise has him and Bill, Bill's like, go, this is, this is all me, guys. This is all my fault. Just go save yourselves. Yeah. I'm sacrificing myself. And 
he's doing it again. He's That's, like, I'm going to go. Uh, this is my entire, th- all this is my fault. And I'm tired of people dying because of shit that. I started, so I'm gonna go do this. That's that's fair. I think we'll have to agree to disagree because I just I maybe I'll feel better about it in repeat viewings, but I was just it left a sour taste in my mouth. No, fair enough. Yep. Uh, so the final confrontation with with Pennywise. How did you feel about it? Um, I loved yeah. the uh, them going down uh, mm-hmm. into back to the sewer. I thought that was again very effective, very creepy. The <laughs> the scene was uh, the head. Yes, and the and the uh, and the house was fantastic. Yeah. Yep, um, and I oh well, you haven't read uh, anyway. Um, I didn't put this together because it's been so long since I've seen the thing. But like, it's like an homage. It was to very the much thing. an homage. To yeah, the thing. and like, I need to rewatch the thing because it's been so many. years. I watched it last October. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Um, no, man, the going back down the sewer w- was fantastic, and. The it, the imagery was was great, man. It was super creepy imagery, bringing them back to uh, where it all ended in the first one. So mm-hmm. no, I and the getting to the climax uh, portion of it, it kind of came, it almost came off too much big big monster versus the uh, the group. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I thought it was effective. Sure, okay, and I. I it would have been less effective had they not had their uh, uh, tokens or their illusions. Their, oh, okay. Like they're different. Like when Bev's uh, trapped in the uh, in the the bathroom stall. Oh yeah, they're different it, like it, set pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think it would have been less effective had it not been for that. But if it was just them in the pit going right. after, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like the the imagery of Bev in the stall with the blood and and everything. Uh, countered with Ben in the in the kind of clubhouse that's filling up with dirt, like the grave, right? Like that. That was another like the similar to the sky turning into the puzzle pieces at the beginning of the movie. Like that was just a visual flourish, and that I like I didn't expect to see that type of uh, kind of metaphysical and and uh, unique kind of perspective in this type of war movie. Um, also, and I, I, we were running long on Tower Drunk because I didn't get to make this connection, but you, if you're halfway through, or if you got halfway through Drawing of the Three, you'll, uh, maybe appreciate this, but I kind of feel like, I don't know if it was an intentional reference, but the idea of them kind of being pushed over to the, to the, to opposite sides, Bev and Ben, and then going through like a doorway the into door, like a different yeah. world, like different, like, set uh i just felt like that felt like drawing of the three yeah, could have been ways um but uh there <laughs> minor nitpick uh not nitpick but like a wish that i wish would have happened is in the stall when the, all the graffiti was there i wish that there was more like stephen king references but that i didn't detect really any uh what are you looking for anything like that i was looking so hard um and then and then we get i think her dad saying like here's johnny and i was like that's a little too on the nose yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a little too much. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you yeah. that one. Um I thought the uh what what what's the uh ceremony called? The ritual of Chud. That was a little funny. Like Yeah. Like they're chanting mm-hmm. of the what what's the chant that they say? Uh, uh block what out is, the light uh, takes over the I don't know. Yeah, so, something. Uh, and like yell louder. I'm like, that yeah. That was a little 
goofy. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny, I didn't make this connection now at all, it, or, uh, until right now, But and I doubt, like, this isn't anything, but, like, <laughs> the chant that they do reminds me of, like, the last line of True Detective Season 1, <laughs> where they're, they're, they're outside of the hospital, and they're looking up, and, uh, like, I think Matthew McConaughey says, like, I think the light's winning, or something, like, because uh, there's, like, a lot of darkness, and he's like, I think the light's winning. Like, just the phrasing kind of yeah. sounded kind I, of familiar but that's an interesting like fukunaga kind of i, I was i was so happy that's not how they defeated him though so yeah yeah i had like i was not i was not invested with the depiction of the ritual of chud in the movie i'll say that i'll phrase it that way um also the tokens thing felt very video game subplot to me like tasking to get the things, so I'll leave it at that. Um, I can see that. <laughs> I made I made the joke to Tiny on Tower Junkies that like the ritual of should is a sen- in in this movie is essentially the equivalent of a bunch of uh, fetch quests. Well, that and like the actual like the actual instance where they throw the artifacts in there, it's like. Did they all like have a bad breakup in the nineties and they're, yeah, right. they're like they're trying to cleanse their spirits or something? I take it um, as different in the book. Uh yeah. And me and Tiny, we you know we'll we'll you and I will have to have a conversation. Um but I will say that it would be interesting to see this property readapted in like another twenty seven years, like in a in another miniseries that that is more faithful in the in its uh climax to, gotcha. to the book but um so yeah so they do that and everything and then it's kind of revealed that mike was lying and that there was a sacrifice and that they were going to the actual ritual was supposed to kill them but they he thought that it was the bond that they shared would would be enough to survive and then they had that i felt like that was just another kind of unnecessary thing like it was it was a weird like dramatic turn in a in the climax of the movie, that I feel like we didn't need that interpersonal conflict. Um, there. Yeah, I, I see that. It's yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, but it, but again, it also maybe that was supposed to be like the uh, that like their bond breaking, and that's why it's the there was like more of a struggle to defeat Pennywise. So I kind of get the I kind of get it, but I don't know. Um, Richie and the Deadlights. Um, oh, that was super good. So cool. Yeah, that was very effective. Yeah, and the way that like the the li- the deadlights go through the back of Pennywise's head and through right. his mouth, and then like that was so cool. Yeah, that was so cool. Like that was some good imagery, right? there. Yeah. And uh, how would you feel about Eddie's death? Oh, that was good. Um, yeah. I, obviously, you knew it was coming. Mm. Uh, I I liked his last uh, interaction with Richie. Mm. Uh, I fucked your mom or yeah. something. Yeah. So, no, I thought it was much better than mm. the fucking miniseries. Yeah, this is battery remember. acid. He, he oh, yells, "This yeah. is battery acid, you scum!" and starts spraying his uh, uh, inhaler. inhaler at it. And yeah, monster's like, ah, "All right." Yeah. So no, I I thought Eddie's death was good. I I did too. My only problem is that the way, and this is a minor thing, like the way the stinger or pincer or whatever comes like like gets him felt too hollywood like like dramatic death scene in a hollywood movie like i would have preferred like a more i don't know uh it kind of took me out of the movie that's like okay we've i've seen and 
I can't really name any, but um, I I feel like I've seen that, that type that's, of thing. No, happen. I, I see what you're saying. That, yeah. It's a very common. Uh, that's very iconic. Yeah. Come right out of you. Yeah. Like it's in aliens. It's oh yeah. Like, like it's it's in a lot of things. Yeah. So. It's no, I I I get what you're saying. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. But uh the whole idea of them you know, how they actually defeated Pennywise. So yeah, let's them, talk about so that. So pretty much they bully Penny Pennywise to death. Yeah. So I, yeah, that did not work well for me. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's other ways to make them small. You're a bad clown. Yeah. Like I Yeah, that's not Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was weird, and yeah. it did not seem logical that that would work. I I agree, and we didn't talk about this. Um, so we didn't talk about Eddie's flashback or anything in the pharmacy, but I want to mention the the needle drop of uh, just call me Angel in the morning for like three seconds. Like I felt like that felt way out of place. Oh no, I thought it was funny. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Fine. I, that that goes back to uh, my like of the levity mashed with sure. the uh, uh, tension. So, okay. No, I, just I, thought I was good. I was good with that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. That just seemed really the the way they defeat him just mm. seemed really weird. Yeah. And it almost felt like to me like they kind of didn't have any good idea how to how to take him down. Totally agree. So totally agree. I am. How don't tell me how it's I different. Won't. Just tell me how different is it? Uh, very, very, very. Uh, it's very different. Uh, there's longer conversations we'll have to have because okay. there's. Is there uh, any semblance of the belittling of Pennywise? I I think the closest we get in the book is basically. The mini series, the mini series depiction of imbuing normal things with like, oh, this is battery acid type type of thing. Right. Um, I'll say that much. Um, yeah, I I want to give a caveat, but I don't want to. I, I I won't say it. But like the context, I I won't say it. So, I did speaking somewhat of that. Um, Eddie's kind of cowardice, I thought was was great and i loved how they built him up oh my god it's so great who got stabbed in the cheek and then took the knife out and stabbed <laughs> henry back in the chest that, that was- yeah who uh who defeated a demonic clown when he was before he was 14 years old who, who, married, who a married a woman 10, ten times, times his body mass, mass. <laughs> <laughs> that oh i loved it so much and i thought it was like i like i got i didn't get to the point where i was like choked up but i thought like it was very endearing when Bev hands him the like fire poker or the oh, fence yeah. thing and this she's kills, like, um, this kills monsters, monsters if you believe. I was like, that uh like my heart. That was just that was beautiful. Yeah. Um and I think part of that is like I knew where it was leading, obviously, but um I just thought that was just a very endearing moment and uh like those little moments like that, like where they they have that connection is just really great. Like Well, that's what makes these themselves. movies so good. Totally is, is the character connections. So Yeah. Um, so the kind of aftermath of everything, the denouement of the movie, how did you feel about the resolution of everything? I thought, I, I thought it was great. You know, I, obviously you knew that, uh, Ben and Bev end up together and she fucking won- wins the lottery, gets to be on a yacht with, <laughs> yeah. with him. So correct me if I'm wrong. In the original miniseries, did they start to forget again what happened? Uh, it's been a, funny enough. I forget the miniseries, <laughs> but I kind of want to abstain. Well, okay, if it's in the miniseries, yes. Uh, yeah, I feel like they started, to, which and that change 
between the, the mm-hmm. films, I'm okay with. I yeah. I, I liked uh, the resolution and uh, kind of Bill's kind of uh, reasoning behind mm-hmm. it. So. I hated it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> like, uh, if so, you want me to expound on it, listen to Tower Junkies. I was, I was not on board with so that. So they forget in the in the book. I'll abstain from that question. Okay, so, um, they, so they forget in the book. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, but like, it, it's I, I, I really felt like. What did you feel about the little? Uh, you know, that that was very much a uh, throwback to Stand by Me. Yeah, that. <laughs> It was okay. It was cute, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't as, it wasn't as distracting as, uh, here's here's Johnny, Johnny. um, or any of the Easter eggs in the Dark Tower. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I just, I had, I feel like they, honestly, I feel like they didn't stick the landing, um, uh, in, in that last segment, like the, the denouement of the movie. I feel like they, I feel like they kind of squandered it for, I, it felt. For a nice wrap up. Yes. Happy ending. Like, I, and I, I feel like they're, like this story, these characters, um, we've now had, this is the third iteration of it, like the book, miniseries, and now the, these two movies. I just feel like, I just feel like it's, it's been done better. Like it, the way that it's, the, the way that the book ends is like, uh, immaculate to me, and maybe that's part of the reason why I can't right. get on board with it. And you know, my opinion on it might change once yeah. I read the book, so yeah. I'll uh, withhold my opinion sure. further until then. But no, I, I was satisfied with it, and like I said earlier, I I really enjoyed the uh, letter from Stanley. So yeah, that's but, fair. You know, uh, that's coming yeah. from uh, a guy who's only seen the miniseries in this mm-hmm. movie. So yep, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to have a longer conversation when. Uh, uh, you finished the book. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, do you want to forego? Yeah, for yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll do it for our review of it. Chapter two. Uh, we're going to forego potpourri because I've worked tomorrow and Fecus has Legos to, to assemble. Um, it's true. yeah. So that'll do it for our review. Check out tower junkies for a more, book nerdy uh review of the movie with tiny um also i forgot to mention this at the top of the episode but i was recently on two different uh twilight zone podcasts uh between science and superstition and uh submitted for your approval um i was a guest on both of those podcasts recently check that out i'll put links in the show notes also check out our friends at nightmare and edgewood if you're in indianapolis and want a good uh haunted house experience check that out at nightmare and they are great and they are great at what they do um yeah and check out our other podcast and our other podcasts and uh yeah i think next week we're going to be reviewing ad astra um and uh it as of right now it's probably going to be me and tiny and maybe we'll add fecus it's possible to, to that it's possible um yeah uh anyway uh that'll do it thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time later And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. 
thank you and enjoy. Like we had gotten about thirty minutes into the tour, mm-hmm. and I noticed that Cassie was not uh, was falling back a little bit, and okay. not for any other reason except for Cassie's not really well versed on operating the gears on a bike. Sure. So we come to a stop, and I, I turn around and I'm like, so hey, look, uh, with these gears, like I don't want to work the gears. I'm like, you're you're falling behind. Let me just try to explain to you something. She's like glaring at me, and I go, when you're when you're pedaling in your cadence, what the fuck is a cadence? I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know what? All right, that's that's fine. That's fine. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!